Blog Talk Radio. one night away from the official pep rally for double or nothing. Um, and we are, we could not be more excited that the vision that Matt talked about it all in has come true. I am super psyched for this, especially since, um, as you know, Jeff, I got off work early today and I was, and I was at home kind of recuperating from my injuries. And um, all of a sudden my phone popped up a, a feed from all, all elite wrestling, a live feed and there's people commenting, like, what is this? What is that? And then it just turned into the latest episode of Being the Elite. But I'm thinking what that means is that all of those, all those of us who are signed up and subscribers to Being the Elite are going to get that same message tomorrow. And we'll be able to watch live that, um, that press conference, that, um, that rally. And I'm, and I'm pretty excited about it. I think it's going to be amazing. Uh, I think that they're really got something going here. And you know, you and I have been, have been excited for this and wondering what they, they're going to do for the last three or four months now. And now we have a clear indication. And I think that people are ravenous for what they're going to be bringing. Which being of the Elite episode did they lead into? Was it the one after Wrestle Kingdom? Uh, or was it a brand no, new? No, no. Yeah, it was one after Wrestle Kingdom, the, uh, the Marty uh, New Year's Party one. Okay, yeah. That, that, I watched that earlier today before they did that live feed thing. That, that episode hit this morning. Okay. Um, and it, the episode did kind of explain a lot um, <laughs> of what's going on, especially when you look at the fact that Marty is kind of on his own and they signed their contracts and everything. And I, I don't know if I heard this correctly, but I think Nick said it, they were five-year contracts. Yes, he did say that. They're tied up now for the next five years of their life. So uh, that's... He, he, he said, I think he said possibly the next five years. So I think, so I think it's you know if the if the if the company survives, then, then yes, yeah, so they'll be tied up for the next five years with those contracts. Well, it sounds like they've got a lot of money because um, they are throwing money at everybody that'll listen. And the, and the report came out about I think half an hour ago that the that um, SCU are officially under contract. I read earlier today that they've 
they offered contracts to the the uh, Lucia brothers and yeah. impact came back with six figure o- offers for them. And then they turned right back around and offered them three times the money impact was offering. So I, I think they're going to end up with the Lucha brothers under contract too. Oh, I wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me. The thing about um, them having SCU under contract that I'm really confused about is I just watched the latest ring of honor. The one that just hit today, they get um, the uh, Scorpio sky and, Kaz are scheduled for a title match next week, and um, they just offered Chris Daniels a, a contract. Hmm. I mean, Shane, Shane Taylor came out and ripped up the contract before Daniels could sign it and then beat the holy hell out of him, but um, it's just it, that whole thing is starting to get a little interesting. Maybe they're going, they've got some kind of working relationship with them, but if that's the case, then why is Margie not doing it? Uh, why is Marty not doing what? Uh, working with both like, both companies. Well, he may be. We don't know that. We don't know even know when Double or Nothing is going to be yet. It's, it's rumored it's going to be in Vegas and that it's going to be in April, but we don't even know when that's coming up and, and whether Marty will be part of that show or not. If we think back to All In, they had people from AAA, from Impact, from Ring of Honor, and from New Japan, all on that show. So, so I would be surprised if that's not the case here. When the initial um, announcement came out last Monday that they, or sorry, Tuesday on New Year's Day that they were doing this for sure, some of the first reports from Meltzer said that the chances of Ring of Honor and All Elite Wrestling working together were very slim. And then a couple, and I and I looked at that. And I was like, "What? That doesn't make any sense." And it said because they consider themselves direct competitors. But as you and I have talked about, and as all and as um, all improved, the future of pro wrestling is not in um, is not in competition. It's in collaboration. It's, it's in these in, guys working together. And yeah, um, and and so two days later, you know, it came back. It came out again that they were, that uh, Meltzer was was reporting that. Um, that that there was a meeting scheduled, I think, for later this week or maybe beginning of next week between NJPW, Ring of Honor, and All Elite Wrestling to see how they can all work together. So I, I'm not sure if, if Meltzer was backtracking on that or people were misreporting what he was saying, but the second report sounds a lot more plausible to me than the first one, that they weren't going to work together, um, especially with all the good things that Matt and Nick had to say when they were leaving Ring of Honor. And um, And then also today it came out that there was an interview with the president of impact and I can't remember what his name is, but he said that he'd be open to working with anybody, including all elite wrestling, including new Japan, including a ring of honor, as long as it could be a mutually beneficial relationship. So I think all elite wrestling is going to have people, um, organizations kind of, you know, clamoring to work with them. They, they're the hottest stars in the, in the wrestling industry. And it would not make any sense for ring of honor or impact to just turn a blind eye and say, nah, we're not going to work with you guys. And that's, I mean, I don't know, with these guys having corporate positions now, are they going to have time to do that? Well, maybe not right away, but I'm, but I'm sure they're, they're going to have time at certain, you know, I'm sure they're, they're going to have time to, to do that. I'm sure that they'll do, you know, I don't know if they'll be doing live shows or if they'll be doing recorded shows, but I would think that, um, you know, we've seen on, on NXT and Ring of Honor and Impact how much easier and more fluid it is when you're booking shows 
on a, you know, on a, you know, when you're filming like four, like four or five weeks at a time, and you can have this continu- continuous stuff going on rather than trying to book on the fly, like, like, pro- like, you know, main um, level WWE likes to do. Right. So I would think that, so I would think that that's the best way to go and that they'll be booking the shows that way, which means that they would have time in between writing the shows and performing on the shows to show up at other places. So not right away, but I would think once they get up and running that they'd be able to do that. And if not, they could at least have some of their other talent go out there and participate with them. Yeah, and that would make sense. I mean, yeah. And I, I, if, they, if they do what Ring of Honor is doing, if they do what Impact's doing, then there's no way that they can't do that. You know, like you said, film three, four, five episodes at a time and then have a month off, two months off to film other episodes somewhere else. Yeah, and I'm sure, and I'm sure they've got their way of doing it. That there's going to end up being collaboration and people that are um, writing the the scripts and things like that outside of, you know, their regular scheduled shows. Right. So it's I don't I don't know. I just I hope that they can figure it out. because I, I I still think it's a huge blow, especially to New Japan losing those guys. But at the same time, um, I, I don't know. I don't know where my train of thought was going there. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that it's a big blow to New Japan to lose those guys. But I, but I do think that they're already set for, you know, the New Japan is still set. I mean, they're not, they're not going to just roll over and blow away because the elite guys left. Um, we, we saw how they might be restructuring at, at Dash, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But, you know, I think they'll be fine until some kind of an agreement is in place and those guys are are up and ready to, you know, are ready to go and work with them. And, and I think it'll probably also depend on, on you know, how much availability there is with other promotions um, stars as to how much, you know, the bigger stars of All Elite will, will work with Ring of Honor in New Japan as well. You know, I, I think that they are going to have some kind of a symbiotic relationship, though. And Especially when it sounds, when it certainly seems like All Elite is going to have the top stars of, of, in the industry. Um, yeah, and, and you know, the, go ahead. There's, I'm sorry. Re, there's reports of them like literally throwing money at all the top stars. Um, and I, we can't. There's two big things that came out over what the last 24 to 36 hours, mainly Kenny Omega, and what his future plans may be. They're clearly not with New Japan. Um, I wouldn't say that's the case. Um, I, I really, I know what he said. He said he, he said he was stepping away from New Japan for the moment. He also said that he would love a rematch against Tanahashi. But if you remember back two years ago, he used almost those same words. He said he was stepping away from Japan to reassess his future. And like three weeks later, he had signed on. He had signed again with New Japan for two years. So, so although he did say he was stepping away from New Japan. I don't know that that's actually the case. You know, Kenny always plays his cards very close to the vest, and what he was saying, I think, was meant to be misleading. But I think what he was, what he said two years ago, was meant to be misleading. So I don't think just because he said he's stepping away, that necessarily means that he's not going to re-up with them. Yeah, I guess I, I it just with all of his friends leaving, and maybe if they develop these working relationships like we want, then he'll re-sign with. Uh, New Japan, but I it just doesn't seem plausible at this point. 
Well, two years ago, I think a lot of people thought he was going to WWE, and I and I said I think he's staying with New Japan, and he stayed with New Japan. So uh, until I see concrete evidence that he's not staying with New Japan, I'm going to stick with that with the same thing I said four times over the on Saturday when we were talking about it that Kenny is not leaving New Japan. You know, he just became a U.S. citizen last year. He has a house there. He's not going away from from Japan, so he's staying with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Whether whether he's working with AEW as part of that is it you know of course is a different story but he is not leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't think fully leaving New Japan because like we've talked talked about this before he's I mean this was his life goal was to make it to New Japan I mean that's what he wanted that's where he always wanted to be and he will has said multiple times he'll never go back to WWE so I I don't know it's just it's tough to see where he's going to go at this point. I I could very well see him signing a contract with AEW and spending time with his, you know, with his close friends. Well, his boyfriend is still in Japan, as far as we know. Not necessarily. His boyfriend got his literal ass kicked um, and is probably, it, it just, it, to me, it still seems like it might be partially a work. Yeah, you know, I, I was... Uh, listening to another show and what I didn't realize uh, when watching Russell Kingdom live, and I have not had a chance to go back and rewatch that match. Although I did rewatch the amazing Okada versus white match again today. And God, that's still an awesome match. Um, but uh, is that the guy that was actually putting the, the neck brace on Ibushi was one of the young lines. It wasn't an actual EMT or a paramedic or anything. So that does lend credence to your theory that it was a work all the way around. Well, it didn't seem like there were any real paramedics in the entire um, ring. I mean, it was the young lions that all ran to the ran to his aid right after the ring, or right after that happened. Then all of a sudden, a stretcher was there, and he was being carted onto it. So I don't. It just I for the way that he, if he was knocked out. I mean, I've had concussions multiple times. You're not that knocked out. You're not knocked out to the point where uh, five minutes later you you're, can't wave your hand to signal the crowd that you're okay. And he did nothing. He just laid there completely still. No, the one time I've had a, I had a concussion, I didn't real, realize that I had a concussion until the next day. You know, like I kind of got knocked out for maybe five to ten seconds. Right. And then, and then the next day is when I got sick and my head was throbbing. And my wife's like, what did you do? And I said, well... Last night, Khaleesi headbutted me in the head, and, and I got kind of knock, knocked out, and I totally forgot about it happening until I started feeling crappy today. And, and, I, the, di- and the doctor talked to me, and I, he did diagnose me with a concussion. So, um, so yeah, I, I totally get what you mean is that, you know, you're, you're not often knocked out for – well, I shouldn't say you're not often because it's, it's happened to me one time, but you don't have to be knocked out for minutes at a time from a concussion. Well, I mean, you even see it in the NFL. You see it um, in the NHL. You see it. I've had multiple concussions myself, and every time I've gotten one, yeah, I've been knocked out. Um, but it, it it's 15, 20, 30 seconds tops. Um, you know, even the grade grade three concussion I had, I think I, that was the longest I was out, and that was about 45 seconds. So it just, it, it just feels weird that the way that they went about this selling this injury to the point that they went and selling it for him to only have a concussion is either the greatest news I've ever heard in my life. And he's the luckiest bastard on the planet or it's a work. And it would make another, and the other way it would make sense of being at work is just because it it puts that decapitation elbow that 
Osprey started using about a year ago, um, it, it gives it's a good way to give that a kayfabe um, level of harm that it otherwise wouldn't have. You know, I mean, it's it's a strike that he can basically hit you from the blind side with and knock you out now in the stories um, where, you know, in, in the past he did use it to beat um, Hiromu, but I mean, that's the only time I can really remember seeing him use it on a big time basis. So for him to, to, and, and now that he's transitioned to heavyweight for him to have that strike that he can knock people out with makes a lot of sense too. Right. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm more, the more and more I watch it, the more and more I think about it, the more I think it's a work. I, I just, I just do. Yeah, and and definitely could be. And and Ibushi was so be free to float wherever he wants to because uh, you know, as I said over the weekend, and and is you know, is pretty infamous for he he does not sign contracts. He he likes being a free spirit. He doesn't like being tied down anywhere. So you know that that's you know that's why he went from. I think I think the only contract he has signed in the last. Uh, um, decade or so is when he signed the contract to be uh, Tiger Mask W for that television show, and and he still wasn't signed to New Japan in that you know as a as a professional wrestler. He was just signed to that company to play that role. The only so reason I, that the only so, reason so, I mean, so, so, I mean, so, so I mean he could he could easily bounce from Impact to Ring of Honor to New Japan to AEW even back to WWE for another Cruiserweight Classic if he wanted to. Yeah, and that's that's true. But the only reason that I think that they would have written him out the way they did was because they don't see him working a show with them at any time in the near future. And or, which, well, I mean, like I said, there's also the you know the thing that it, that it gives um, it gives Austria a really strong um, start in the heavyweight division or you know in the open weight division, I guess technically as it is, it makes him a strong champion that he knocked out the great Kota, Kota Ibushi. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that does. So that there's so much, there's so many signs that point to it being a work. And I'm not trying to be a doctor. I'm, you know, it, and if if it's not a work and Kota Ibushi was really that that hurt, I thank God that he just had a concussion, and right. it wasn't a broken neck or something way more serious. Um, it's just that everything, when you analyze it from every single direction it, it just screams work to me you know and it's i mean and and getting away i mean we kind of got away there from kenny omega but i mean, there's so many things there's reports of wwe throwing like multi-million dollar contracts at him i think i saw two million dollars a year was the was the offer they made for him which is more than you know pretty much anybody else on that roster makes yeah, I'm not sure. I have no idea what the what the salaries are for those guys. I'm sure guys like Triple H and the Undertaker make a lot, but yeah, um, those, yeah. I, I, but still, you know, a couple million dollars to go to WWE, even though he's, I don't know. I wouldn't know what to say about it if he did go back, considering all of the bad things he said about it, about how they tried to control him, tried to make him something he's not, and um, they would book his matches, not let him do it, and. You know, literally tell him what he had to say. He couldn't go out and cut his own promos. You know, things like that. Um, I, I well, just well, plus, well, plus. I mean, is there really that many WWE matches you really want to see him perform? I mean, Kevin Kelly called him called him the. Um, well, I mean, obviously, you know, his dream match 
as you said, is, is to wrestle AJ Styles in the main event of WrestleMania. That's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he'd have a great match against Seth Rollins. I think he'd have a great match against, like, uh, Kevin Owens. Um, Ambrose. Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and, you know, Kevin Kelly called him the most physically dominant professional wrestler on earth. Well, you know, the, the one guy that, the one guy that would challenge him for that is Brock Lesnar. So seeing him against Lesnar, I think would be pretty awesome. But I mean, that's, that's, that's only a handful of matches that you really want to see this guy wrestle. Um, I, I just don't see that there's that many spots in WWE that Kenny Omega would necessarily really shine in. Um, especially with the way that they book things, you know? So I think he's an amazing wrestler, an amazing performer. I just don't think WWE is where he belongs either on a personal or professional level. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. He's just not, it it was the same mistake that we thought AJ made two years ago. I mean, part of us, we were ecstatic that AJ made it over there Mm -hmm. because we were at the time watching WWE and getting into it and everything. But, um, it turned out to be not as great a thing as we, we thought it would be because there were only maybe a handful of matches that a guy of AJ's caliber really, that we really wanted to see. And after we saw those handful of matches, then it was like, okay, now what? Right. And then also when AJ signed, it was, um, he was filling a niche, you know, he was filling the niche that, that they lost when Daniel Bryan had to retire. Now Daniel Bryan's back, and AJ is still wrestling there. And what role does Kenny Omega, Omega really feel? Really fill? I mean, could he fill the Roman Reigns role until Reigns is ready to return? And if so, what then? And you know, John Cena is pretty much retired. Randy Orton is off the table, which are two guys that I think that we both thought would have excellent matches against AJ. So it's it's there's there's just less opportunity there right now, especially with a company that has chosen to go the route they've gone with not really wanting to build stars um, out of their current generation. So I just don't think that that you know Kenny could could make a fortune working for WWE, whether he'd be happy and be able to be the artist that he is in new Japan or that he would be in all elite wrestling is quite a different story. Well, it's not a different story. It's honest, God truth. He just won't be able to do it. Right. I mean, so it it comes right down to, does the artist want to keep his, you know, has he gotten to a point where he's reached his peak where he doesn't think he can actually perform better than he has done. So now it's just a payday or is he the kind of artist that wants to go out and create more? And that's basically what it comes down to, you know, and, and just, this just popped into my head too. Um, Bray Wyatt, there were reports uh, about a month, month and a half, two months ago now where he um, deleted his Twitter went back and all of his cryptic posts as Bray Wyatt were gone. And he just put on um, this one phrase, sometimes a change is needed. And nobody's heard from Bray Wyatt since. So you think that might be a sign that he signed with AEW as well? Um, I have no idea. I have no idea if his contract with WWE is actually up or not. I, it, yeah, I, I don't know. It would be it'd be nice to see him be able to be Bray Wyatt and not what the main roster did to him 
if he could if he could go out and establish that character again and really establish it like he did in NXT, that could be something where he would finally probably get the due that he deserves being in, in a promotion like AEW. Yeah, I I would love to see him there where he had, he might actually be able to expand on that character he created instead of having it hit hit uh, every roadblock and barrier that could possibly hit. You know? Oh, you mean roadblock and barrier? You mean Undertaker and John Cena? Yes, mostly that's what I mean. <laughs> now I'm now I'm seeing a report from Meltzer saying that um, that New Japan has chosen to work with Ring of Honor over AEW, and that led to Kenny Omega leaving the company. I'm not. Sure, I'm still not sure that I buy that. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what what Ring of Honor would have to offer over a, over over the elite, which are which again are the biggest stars in professional wrestling. And I mean, not just the biggest stars in professional wrestling. They were, you know, five of the top ten biggest stars in well, four of the top ten biggest stars in uh, in New Japan. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I and I was watching Ring of Honor today, and outside of Marty Skrull. Over the last year, the the rest of the elite has not been a major part of Ring of Honor TV. Yeah, they've been on the the um, pay per views, they've had their matches, but on the weekly episodes, the TV episodes, you might see the Bucks once every three or four weeks. Kenny would ju- or uh, Cody would just be in the background. You know, he rarely ever mess- wrestle a TV match. Can you remember the last time you saw him wrestle a TV match? Um, no, I can't. So when you, when you look at it that way, ring of honor might actually come out of this a little bit easier than new Japan would because ring of honor has, um, already established stars that are, you know, outside of the elite where, yeah, new Japan does too, but they bank so much on the elite over the last three or four years, you know, the, the, with Kenny Omega and the Bucks, and then also Cody over this last two years, that I think they have a bigger void to fill than Ring of Honor does. Yeah, that's a fair, fair point. But it, but it, but the other the other thing is that New Japan has more, I think, better international brand awareness than Ring of Honor does too. So it's going to be. So I think I still think Ring of Honor's got a long way to go to be to if they want to top the year that 2018 was. For 2018 was the biggest year in the history of the promotion. Whether they can duplicate that in 2019, I don't know. And of course, there's also there's also the uh, the the possibility that this is a short term decision on New Japan's part because they do have that Ring of Honor New Japan joint produced show coming on Madison Square Gardens, and they may just be not wanting to rock the boat for the next three months. And then might just, you know, kind of slowly dissipate that relationship once they're done with that particular show. I just, I think it's stupid. I, let's just have all these promotions work together. I agree. It, you know, I'm done. Who cares? It Just send your top stars. We'll send our top stars. We'll create stars together. Let's just do this. Everybody, all these promotions, all these smaller promotions, let's do what the NWA is doing. Hell, let's bring the NWA into part of it. it it's just. Let's not I, do what the NWA is doing. Seriously. <laughs> it's what I mean by like little promotions, bringing little promotions together, not not these bigger promotions. Like, I mean, all the elite wrestling is coming out the gate as a bigger promotion. They're not tried and true wrestling. They're not uh, Hollywood wrestling. They're or Hollywood 
you know, Hollywood wrestling. They're not these small, tiny promotions. They're coming out the gate as one of the major players, which is not something that you really expect to happen. Right. That, that's very true. I, I'm just, I, all I was saying, all I was trying to say about the NWA thing is that I'm not, uh, you know, as much as I want them to succeed, I, I'm not sold on their business model at this point. I mean, they, they seem to, to not be doing a very good job of, um, of getting the, of getting the fans what they, what they want to see. Oh, you mean like showing a 25 minute press conference instead of actually airing the damn pop-up show? That's exactly what I mean. God, that irritated me. Yeah, it is very irritating. And and, and, that, and, um, and, and airing that show to also have given, have given, you know, their their partner, um, the uh, Crimson organization. I can't remember the name of them right now, but tried but and it, true. Yeah, tried and true wrestling would would have given them, you know, so, some much needed, you know, what you're talking about, some much needed publicity to a, to a smaller promotion. I just Which, I just don't see why they why they didn't have it on. YouTube or on Twitch or on Fight for like ten bucks or something, you know. Well, even at this point, even if they couldn't get a contract on Fight because Fight didn't think they'd have the buys or whatever, at this point where you're at, throw it for free on YouTube. Get mm-hmm. it out there so that people get interested in it, so that we then can buy it on Fight if we need to, or you can put out your own streaming service and we'll pay eight bucks a month for it, like we do for Rev Pro and and uh, um, you know G. GWN and all these other Ring of Honor and New Japan World and um, WWE Network, you know, throw it for free every now and then. Let's let's just put it out there and let the fans decide if they if it's something they want to watch. And if it's something they want to watch and you get a backing, then you can actually start making you can actually start making uh, you know moves to to increase it. I, I mean, I get kind of where they're at is they don't want to go out there with a really bad production. You know, they want to go out with a decent production and have multi-camera shoots and interviews and all that stuff. Well, you, you know what? You but, don't but their need 70th that. anniversary show had poor production. Exactly. <laughs> and, and in reality, you don't need that. You need an announcer. You need two cameras and you're golden. You don't have to go out and spend the budget with all, you know, you've already got the intro music. You've already got, probably got a tele, uh, uh, I hate to use the phrase, but Titantron type thing up there for showing the entrance videos and stuff. You know, throw a couple of cameras on there, put it on, record it, throw it on YouTube the next night, even if you don't do it live. Right. And, and you know, see, the thing is that the way they're going going to do it now is they're probably going to do like several different segments of um, of ten pounds of gold, and they're going to focus on the different big big matches from that show. Well, now I've already read all the results for that show, so I'm not going to be interested in, in doing that anymore. You know, well, I'm interested in watching each of those episodes. Well, you know, here's the irritating things. I'm still waiting to see the Nick Aldis versus Brian Cage match from House of Hardcore a month and a half ago. Right. <laughs> You know, at some point, maybe maybe do like Defiance doing. You know, run out there and put your free show on on YouTube, a free weekly show or whatever on YouTube, and sell storylines to sell a pay per view, and then sell a pay per view. Yeah, they definitely should do that. Or even is that? I mean, MLW actually has a TV contract, so that's a whole different different situation. But but even though they have a TV contract, they still have their show available on Fight TV. They still have their show available on. on- 
YouTube. on YouTube. So, I mean, you can, you can still watch it. And, and even Impact announced the, what I thought was exciting news and, and a smart move by them is that they, they're moving to the Pursuit Network now, which, which um, you know, they've been on a smaller channel for several years. So it's not like this, it's a big drop for them to go there. But they've also announced that they're going to have the show simulcast on Twitch at the same time that it airs on the Pursuit Network, which, which is only going to get them more, more people viewing their product. And it makes a lot of sense. And it's going to increase their buys. It's going to increase their pay-per-view buys so they can get to a point where they can do like Ring of Honor does and just broadcast live their pay-per-views on their app. Right. You know, it, there's, and I'm not, you know, obviously if I was knew how to do all this shit, I'd be a multimillionaire too. But um, there's just so many missed opportunities that these companies have. And yeah, there's going to be those people that are just going to watch the free product on YouTube and they're not going to actually pay to um, watch the pay-per-views. But, you know, if, if you do it different than WCPW did, what WCPW did is they went out there and they produced a high level Wrestle Kingdom type show every single week for free on YouTube and tried to live off the advertisement, the penny per view ads. And you can't do that. You can't do that. They tried to live off the gate and off that. And you just can't do that with the talent you're signing and, and the major production they're putting into it. But if they were to do like, um, you know, combat zone wrestling does or some of these other smaller promotions do where it's a single camera shoot and there's not a whole ton of production in the actual weekly shows, you save the production for the pay-per-views, kind of like WWF used to do back in the day. WCW, when they were NWA and Crockett Promotions, used to do. Or like they, Impact, or Impact Wrestling did that, you know, back when they were TNA and they were starting out, they had those weekly $10 pay-per-views. Right. And, and, if, and if they were happening today, they'd be doing those on YouTube probably. Exactly. So it's, they have such a strong chance to go out and reach people that they're just not hitting on. I, I, I hope that AEW is learning from this. I hope they're not going to rely on three or four pay-per-views a year. And they're actually going to go out there and do set up a weekly show, even if it's a YouTube channel. But with the size of this promotion, I think they're going to be able to get a, you know, something with fight and things like that, especially if they're signing all the top stars in the damn industry. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be a bit of a blow to start out with not having NWA, I'm sorry, NJPW and... Um, and ROH stars on their show, but I mean, they've already got the top. I mean, I mean, the the uh, if you, if you don't count the elite guys, then probably the top guys in the in pro wrestling right now are the Lucha Brothers. So yeah. I mean, so I mean, even um, even if they don't get anybody else at this point, they they maybe they can still put together some excellent matches just with with what they've got, and then they just sign the up and coming guys out there. You know, like I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure that the, that Joey Janela will, once he's healthy and ready to go, will be will be ready to sign there. Um, Shane Strickland ran into an issue with his with being able to sign with WWE due to his Lucha Underground contract, but that doesn't mean he won't be able to sign with All Elite Wrestling if he wants to. Um, you know, so I mean, th- there's still opportunities out there for other people. I didn't there, realize Shane Strickland was part. I, I guess I didn't realize Shane Strickland was part of Lucha Underground. I, yeah, I've been so far that, removed from it. He, he he wrestled under a mask. I can't remember what his name was. Jigsaw or something? I can't remember I've what his been, name was. It's been years since I've actually watched Lucha because 
you know, it was on Netflix. I can't, my DVR is so full of stuff for my kids and I just, I don't have room to record hours and hours of wrestling to go back and watch. So that's why I like streaming services. Lucha Underground, let's put together a streaming service. Can we do that, please? <laughs> I would pay yeah, five and, bucks and, a month and, to watch and, you know, it. And, and they could easily have their shows air, you know, have at least a few of their shows on the um, El Rey channel, but they don't have them on there available to watch either. I'm, look, I'm looking at right now to see what his name was there. But yeah, he, he wrestled under a mask in Lucha Underground. Killshot was his name. Oh yeah, okay. Now I do remember him. Yeah. Which okay, why can't and, and, he and, and you know, I mean, I mean, I already said before I'm not a big fan of Shane Strickland, but I mean, he's still he's still one of the top names in indie wrestling right now. Well, because he's the he's well, I guess I can't really say I'm only eight episodes in the MLW, which brought me up through about June of last year. Okay, and he was the you know he was the top draw there. He was the champion. He was the heavyweight champion. World champion. I guess they don't use the word term heavyweight anymore, except New Japan. But um, you know, he was the top draw there, and he's involved right now in a really good storyline with not just Pentagon, but um, Pentagon's little handler. I want to say, and I can't remember what her name is. Um, oh, it's going to drive me nuts. Um, but he's involved. Yeah. yeah, he's he's involved with the, the one from Lucha Underground that was always with Pentagon during, in Lucha Underground. Um, he's involved with the storyline with her where she's got a bounty on his head right now for anybody to come in and take uh, take him out, which is a really cool storyline. I think is going to really you know help him going forward. And here I am talking about something that happened six months ago, so it's possible that it was a complete wash and I just don't know it yet. But um, you know, it, it's it looks like it's something that is going to really, really benefit Shane Strickland in the end. But, you know, I mean, that's, that's another benefit of it being on YouTube, and they have, them having every one of their shows on YouTube. They give people a chance to go in there and get caught up on their product to see, you know, to see where, where it started at. And, and we're not, you know, too far behind the, the eight ball to do that. I think, I think they have like 37 or 38 episodes on there now. Yeah, I mean, we're only six months behind. And, and now they're doing their, um, their big um, – event coming up where one of the big matches is going to be the Hart Foundation against the Lucha Brothers for the, what we haven't even seen yet, the MLW tag team titles. You know, now that you mentioned, I haven't seen that on TV yet. No, because they have, there, I think there was a tournament like later in, the, like, like after the point we're at right now. I'm only on the third, I watched the third episode and I thought the ending of that with, um, with um, Strickland walking into his dresser room and had been turned into a shrine to him um, Day of the Dead style was just amazing. <laughs> him taking that, him taking that photograph off, and it being a, a, a carved image of uh, Pentagon. Yeah, I and I, it, it was like I it was like I, it was like I walked into that, uh, like 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 walking into an, an episode or walking into part of that uh, Disney movie about the uh, Coco. Yeah, that, that Coco movie. And I can't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awful. Um, <laughs> but true. Well, and, and watching MLW, and I, I love what Sammy Callahan does on Impact. I'm loving what he did in MLW even more. And the funny thing is, is I'm about at the same point in MLW that I am at in Impact. So I'm in, in like the middle of June in MLW. I'm middle of August maybe in um, Impact because I'm not even up to Bound for Glory yet. Uh, and that was, what, October? Yeah. Yeah, so, 
you know, I'm the, I want to say I'm the middle to the end of October or middle to the end of August um, on impact. And I'm, you know, in June in, in, in MLW. So these guys are, these two characters are running simultaneously and they're just, they're, they're the same character with two different agendas. You've got Ohio versus everything and you've got, you know, Sammy Callahan versus everything. And, you know, he doesn't have no, the no, Chris no, no, brothers. No, 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 no. It's not Ohio versus everything. It's Ohio versus everything. But I'm just saying he, he's working with the same type of story. He's right. pulling off the same type of character with completely different players helping him out. You know, he's got the Chris brothers in, um, in Impact, and he's got this just hellacious feud with the Lucha brothers. And then in MLW, he's got two guys that have joined his army, and they're, they've got a feud with pretty much everybody on the roster, um, mainly MVP, which is kind of sad to say. But, um, you know, it, it's just it's, – if we had to go back now <clears throat> and pick our character of the year, Sammy Callahan would be hands down my character of the year just for the fact that he's running these two storylines simultaneously. Um. Yeah, and the and the other thing was with that, you know, with the, with the whole Sammy Callahan thing was um, it led it, it it led on from what I, what was my great well, my favorite line of those first three episodes, which was low key calling out MVP and said come on and said yeah come on down half a maze, half a man half a moron <laughs> sort of that, that half was, amazing I thought that was just awesome half half amazing half half amazing half man you, no, yeah, no like, it, it's half man half amazing but he said half a man half a moron. Yeah, that whatever it was, it was it was a great line. It was one of those where it didn't get the due that it deserved. You did kind of hear a little bit of a chuckle from the um, color guy, but it didn't get the due it deserved. That was one of those classic lines. It really was. But I, I mean, and I think you're gonna like I said, I'm about four and a half to five episodes ahead of you, and I think you're gonna enjoy what you're seeing. I mean, I'm, Tony, I'm already enjoying what I'm seeing. I mean, there's, there's, and uh, you know, I, I talked about in the last episode that we did about how I'm enjoying um, the fact that they book it the way that I, you know, the old school booking where they're, where in addition to having like the like the big time matches on there, they also have the jobber matches to get to have guys, you know, get over that we really wouldn't have known otherwise. Like that team that um, Colonel Rob Parker is is a. Uh, is on and you know is is oh, a the dirty blondes, the, the dirty, dirty blondes, and his yeah. what's his uh, what's the name of that stable? The stud stable, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He brought back the stud stable. Um, yeah, and and uh, you know, and and it makes sense that he's on that show and that they're they're able to be on Fight Network as well because he owns the Fight Network. So, you know. Yeah, and I'm not sure if I'm, he knew that or not, but but he's the one that I, actually started the Fight Network. Colonel Robert Parker did. Yeah, I didn't know that. I had yeah. absolutely no clue. That's uh, that does explain a lot. But he, I mean, and now in the episode I'm in, he's added two more people to the stable. One guy I have no clue who it is. Never seen him before. They've never said his name. And then one of our um, former big name players uh, that just had an NWA title, and I don't really want to ruin it because it's kind of a it's a half hearted surprise. Okay. Um, but one of one of our guys that we know shows up in in episode eight. Huh, interesting. You, you're going to be surprised because he he fits the role, but 
it kind of comes as a shock after everything we saw with his uh, build up to the NWA and how you know heartwarming that whole build up was. Oh, okay. Well, um, you know, if you're talking about Mike, per- Mike Perro, he was already in an episode of MLW that I've seen. He just wasn't part of any kind of a stable. He was just you know in there yeah, in no. an episode. No, I'm not talking about Mike Perro. Okay. No, somebody else. Um, somebody you're going to kind of be happy to see. Well, I was excited to see Mike Perro on there personally. Okay, somebody you're going to be happier to see. Okay, interesting. Um, and another another see, thing now, that see, I... See, now you're going to make me binge that instead of instead of getting caught up on both that and, and NXT. And, Jesus. And, uh, you know. I'm, I've, I'm binging like five things. I've gotten to the point where Susan doesn't want to talk to me anymore because it's all wrestling all the time. Well, who can blame her for that, really? Fair enough. <laughs> and I, I do I, well, still have you know, I, I told you, I told you today, that, and I suppose we should probably announce this in the show, so I might as well bring it up now, is that we're going to try to do a show next Monday um, focusing on the NXT UK pay-per-view, which is next Saturday, and also the Ring of Honor event, which is next Sunday. But I'll be out of town um, on remote, so... We're not exactly 100% sure it's going to work because when I'm sitting at home doing nothing else with my internet, it always fucking work. So we're going to try to do that show. But I, I did tell Susan earlier today that um, she might have to do the show with you because I, won't, I may not be available to. Well, we've already learned on Saturday that when I am a deer in the headlights, uh, the show doesn't go so well. Well, yeah, but we also found out later that day why, why the show may not have gone so well either because I did have a few health issues going on that I wasn't aware of at the time. Yeah, but yeah, I guess that would because I normally feed off of you and I, the energy just wasn't there. I mean, we kind of brought it up during the show, but you just, dude, you just admitted on the air to being a vampire. To being a vampire? You said you feed off of me. You have so many issues. I don't even know where to begin. Remind me that I need to start start bringing garlic to work when you're when you're around to make sure that you're not going to be like sinking your teeth into my neck. Just pull a Buffy the Vampire Slayer and and put a hex on your cube. I won't be able to get in there. Well, the person, that, the person that, sit, that I sit right across from already puts a hex right around both where, bit, where both me and Susan sit, but you still manage to penetrate it all the time. <laughs> that may not have been the right word to use. <laughs> no, it really wasn't. <laughs> and that person, but you, but, you know, but you know who I'm talking about. Wait, <clears throat> yeah, that person puts a hex on the entire side of the building trying to keep me out. <laughs> yeah, we'll just call her Kate. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Anyway, moving along. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, I mean, and certainly there's the possibility out there, speaking of MLW, that, you know, they get more eyes on, on their product by by affiliating themselves with AEW if Ring of Honor and, and New Japan don't want to right away. You know, because yeah, but, there's, there's plenty of guys that, they, that those two organizations can share with each other. But they've already got it, – it seems like they've already got a working relationship with Impact, considering how many Lucha Brothers and, um, and Sammy Callahan – and there was somebody else too that I saw. That was not, oh, uh, Rich Swan. He had a oh, match. The new X Division champion as of last night. Yep. He had a match on uh, on MLW that was. Just, it wasn't a great match by any standard, 
but he was back to his non-WWE Rich Swan, where he was back to his dancing guy, his dancing gimmick. I don't remember that. Well, that was his indie thing before he joined the WWE, was he was a, a, a party all night type of character, and he would come to the ring dancing and get all the all the crowd to sing along with him while he was in the ring. It's a, it was actually a really fun gimmick that I was upset that WWE took away from him. Oh, was he dancing all night, dancing a little longer, staying all night, staying a little longer? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know. actually, you know, that made me think of Ric Flair, who's actually on, on, uh, on Raw tonight, and made me think of the reason why Ric Flair's on Raw along with Hulk Hogan. So I, I do want to say, um, before we get too far along, because I don't think we mentioned it last week on the show, that we, we, do, um, we do really miss Gene Okerlund. It, it was kind of devastating to both of us when we heard about his, his passing last week, and um, you know, we hope his family is well, and I know I'm going to miss that guy, even, you know, even as sporadically showing up, but I mean, he was kind of the voice of my childhood, so for him to have passed away recently, that really sucks. Well, you know, one thing I did think about him, too, and it just kind of hit me out of the blue because I was going back through um, old WCW stuff. And then that brought me back to old 80s WWE stuff, WWF stuff, is how great Gene Okerlund really was. You look at backstage announcers now, probably starting in the 90s with the Attitude Era, and they're just kind of there to hold a mic in front of somebody. Gene Okerlund had such a talent that he sold people. He made you believe in the wrestlers before they even opened their mouth. And it, maybe it was the cadence of his, his voice. Maybe it was just the way that he acted. But he was a true performer. And for a guy that never actually got into the ring, for a guy that never came down to ringside, he was as close to a color commentator as you could get. Yeah, and he, and he, also, he did a great job of, of selling the stories better than some of the wrestlers that he interviewed did. You know, he, and he basically would set them up with the, with the proper questions in order to get them addressing what was going on. Instead you know, of what you, you, know, you know, you know, he was, he was the guy that was there that would set up, that would set up the tee for them to not that, not that home, home run out of the park off of rather than everybody having to be scripted. Um, he, you know, he, he was the prompter for them basically. Right. And I mean, he did such a great job at it too. He was just, he was the kind of guy that was almost bigger than the wrestlers. He was the backstage announcer that was almost bigger than the wrestlers at times. Mm-hmm. And you just don't get anything like that anymore. And I, I didn't realize how great he was until after he died. And I was like, you know what? I remember this interview with him and Flair. I'm going to go back and watch that. Oh, hey, wait, that makes me rem- uh, think about this interview he had with Diamond Dallas Page. I'm going to go watch that. Oh, yeah, remember that interview he had I get with um, Ultimate Warrior. I'm going to go watch that. You know, and it was – I just kind of spent a day just kind of going back and watching old Mean Gene interviews, and it's just amazing how great he was. Yeah, I would say, I would say between him and Howard Finkel, they were kind of the, the, the voice of, of our wrestling growing up watching. And I was so and, and I felt so honored to be in the building when Howard Finkel was inducted into the Hall of Fame. You know, I mean, it, it was the same night as I mean, it, and the class that I got to see inducted was no no slouches. I mean, I got to see the the Funks, um, Cowboy Bill Watts, Ricky Steamboat, um, Steve Austin, Coco Beware. Hey, Coco was And Howard Finkel get adu- get inducted. I mean, it was it was pretty amazing. I mean, the tag team Coco had with the Blue Blazer, that can't be underestimated. Well, 
if if you ask my wife, and and you know, and she's not wrong about this, the best part of seeing Coco get inducted was that the bird sh- was that Frankie shit on the podium. <laughs> he brought Frankie. That couldn't have been the real Frankie. <laughs> no, I'm you, sure it wasn't. It was. I'm sure birds it was have that kind of shelf life. That was like but, thirty years. I don't keep. I don't think. You keep, I'm not sure that you keep birds on a shelf to start with. <laughs> but anyway, the the fact remains, he still he still pooped right on the uh, right on the podium. Which is perfect. That's what he should have done. Yeah, because because it it was representative of everybody shitting all over the fact that he was getting inducted in the first place. You know, and I don't have a problem with Coco Beware being inducted to the Hall of Fame just because um, he was an important part of the '80s, and I, I'm not ever going to say that he was a great wrestler by any stretch of the imagination, but he did. He was an important part of the cartoon era that brought a lot of eyes to it because he was the kind of guy that brought the kids in. Yeah, apparently he also he also had a very strong run um in like UWF and USWA and places like that that we didn't that I didn't necessarily actually see, but apparently he was like a he was very good at being a heel in the southern part of the United States during that during the the late 80s, early early late early to mid 80s, I guess it probably would be. Well, kind of like Norman Smiley, we didn't realize how great he was in uh CMLL. Do you mean Norman Smiley? Norman, yeah. I mean, he was that kind of guy that if you went off his WCW work, he was a joke. But he had a great run in the in CMLL as a heel too. Yeah, I, I guess I do mean something like that. And and really, I mean the same thing holds for Jerry Lawler. You know, I mean he, he's he's the king of, of wrestling in, in the Memphis area. But if you just went by his WWE work, he's mediocre at best. Yeah, at best. I, I don't. I wouldn't even say he's mediocre. He's he was not very good. Um. But yeah, as far as Memphis wrestling, still one of my favorite matches of all time is the one that got uh, from Super, was it Super Clash Three? Yeah, him, one of those. Him and Kerry Von Erich when uh, it got called because Von Erich cut an artery and was bleeding all over everywhere. Yeah, I don't remember what Super Clash it was, but I know you mentioned that more than once on the show before. So. Yes, I that that match alone is still one of my favorites. Yeah, and I and I actually I honestly don't think I've ever seen it before, but I suppose I could go back and watch it at some point if when I you know when when we were out of, when we run out of other current wrestling to watch. It's on the WWE Network, and yeah. it's worth it. You get a very young Jeff Jarrett in it. But the key yeah. is running out of current wrestling to watch. <laughs> I don't know that we ever will. <clears throat> every every now and then I get on a little kick where I just say, you know what, the hell with current wrestling. I'm caught up now. Let's uh, let's uh, let's put it on hold for a couple of weeks, and I'll just watch some classic stuff. And if I'm going to do that, I'll probably go back and watch ECW and, and pick up because you know that um, you know because there was a time when my you know when my uh, second show on this particular network was focusing on doing a recap of, of a history, a, a retrospective of Extreme Championship Wrestling. And that's where, I re- that's where I realized that the real stars of ECW, at least in the early days, were not guys like Shane Douglas or Raven or Sandman or Tommy Dreamer. You know who they were? They were the uh, luchadors, the Dean Malenkos, the Eddie Guerreros, no, no, Jericho. Sir. No, no, sir. It was the public enemy. If you go back and watch the really old, early ECW, the public enemy carried that promotion. And you know, and, and this is coming from a guy who thought that they were just kind of like indie, um, 
ripoff versions of the Nasty Boys, but they weren't. They were they were big stars for ECW, and they were and they were the ones that kept that promotion really as something special until. I guess I'm gonna have to go got, back and watch that because I I guess I didn't really start watching ECW until Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit and um, Jericho and and Dean Malenko were there. That's when I started watching ECW. When well, you, you need to go to like you'll need to go to like XPW and download some of the old ECW stuff in order to actually see it because it, the, the stuff that the Public Enemy was um, best on I don't think is on the network or at least it wasn't at le- the time I was we were starting we were starting our uh, our show back then. Does um, just on a side note, does MLW have some kind of tie-in with uh, ECW? I don't know because they in their in- intro they do quite a bit of. Um, stuff with there. You hear Joey Styles in the background uh, doing some commentary. You see a couple of the old uh, ECW guys throwing each other through tables and stuff. And you and you see CM Punk back when he back when with his in his um, blonde ROH days too. So yeah, so I think I think MLW's been been going longer than we thought it. You know, than we either one of us knew that it has been. Well, it clearly has, and it's the same thing with Defiant, where it's. You know, we're starting with this new show, Loaded, but Defiant's been around for years, starting off as WCPW and moving on to Defiant. Yeah, and, and, and speaking of Defiant, I'm disappointed that you, that you watched the latest episode. I mean, we were told by Ryan to, to not watch Defiant and to watch Progress instead, and, and you were basically you're just, just, just gave Ryan a middle finger by watching Defiant again. Well, Ryan, you know, quite frankly, I was going to bring that up, but I was hoping Shane would forget it, forget about it, and I could have brought it up on Twitter, just directly to you. Um, I would. Did love you say to... Twitter? I said Twitter. No, I said Twitter. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I meant Twitter. Um, well, may- well, maybe if you weren't peeing while you were talking, you wouldn't have. We wouldn't I'm have to worry not about you. It sounded yeah. like you were again. Stop. <laughs> um, with. I'm getting a little buzzed from the whiskey I'm drinking. I got to tell you. Oh, all right. Well, that makes. In case you can't tell. No. Yeah, I couldn't tell. But at least I'm a little bit looser than we did, than our than our show on Saturday. Well, yeah, that's because the nitros kicked in. Yeah, that too. Yeah, and you, you son of a bitch. What? When I message you saying I hope you don't die, coming back and saying, "Well, either I live or I die. What's the big deal?" is not the correct answer. That's not what I said. Yes, it is. No, my exact words were, I, "Either I had a heart attack or I didn't. Either I'll survive or I won't." See, here I am crying in the corner, trying to wish you good luck, and hopefully you're not having dying on me, because Lord knows I can't handle this show alone. Um, and that's the response I get. Well, either I'm dying well, I was trying or I'm to show you that, I'm, that, that even though I was, <laughs> even though I was, you know, strapped up to um, an electro, and I was, and I was, and I was in the hospital, that I was still my my usual Shane self. That's yeah, all. you mean uh, you're laying there on a gurney and you're still an asshole, is what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is probably what I meant. Yes. I didn't know we were going that deep into the show today. We we're going to actually talk about me, what I was doing in the hospital. But but yeah, that's that's. Well, you that's, brought it up. You brought it up when we talked about how bad the show was. I just said I, I just said I found out I had some health problems. I didn't say I was in the hospital with possible heart attacks. You know. So. Oh, well, I thought you did. Sorry, my bad. No, hey guys, um, <laughs> can we can we talk about my health issues now? I guess I guess it's a I guess it's better than me spoiling the uh, the main event of, of um, Wrestle Kingdom for you. 
That's a good point, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you only have yourself to blame. How many times have I said we shouldn't talk about wrestling outside of the show? Yeah, and how many times do we say that during the talks about wrestling outside of the show? <laughs> anyway, Ryan, you know, I, I am still going to check out progress. Um, I just, a new episode came off, and there's a couple of guys on Defiant that I really do like. Um, and they weren't actually on this episode. Um, which you just, and you still liked it, so that's kind of awesome. I did because there were two guys that are really starting to grow on me: that El Fantasmo and Lucky Kid. They're both really starting to grow on me. El Fantasmo is just phenomenal, and then Lucky Kid. If like, I, I think I already said this though, if Eddie Edwards wants to know how to act crazy, he needs to watch Defiant Wrestling and see how Lucky Kid does it, because that dude is nuts. He was literally rolling in the ring, acted like he was taking a nap. Huh, interesting. It was, it was something that I don't believe I've ever seen before, but it was the perfect psychopath character. And I, feel, and I actually feel like at this point, I, I don't want to, to um, like change the subject, but I do, I do feel like since we talked about me being in the hospital, I probably should clarify that I most likely did not actually have a heart attack. It was just, it was just symptoms that mimicked the heart attack symptoms. Which is, you know, everything from what I understand. I'm at that age now where if I have a chest pain, it's either heartburn, just random chest pains or a heart attack. So it's, I'll take some Tums and see if I'm still alive in an hour, basically, is the way it works. <laughs> Well, my, but I also had the left arm numbness, and I could barely talk. So, oh, yeah. so maybe you had a stroke. Perhaps. Well, perhaps you're, you're back to normal now. You're back to your normal Shane self. You know, you yeah. may have slipped a little on the ice today, but it's all good. Yeah, and then I still worked. That was really dumb of me. I probably should have just said, "Workers' comp, going home." I would have. I know you would have. Any excuse, any excuse you can think of, you're out of there. The only problem is I would have had to drive back home in that weather. <laughs> That's the only bad And then problem. back out again to get your son. <laughs> exactly. So, no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been a good idea. I would probably would have went to work, too. Um, yeah. not, but now we're way off of wrestling here. Yeah. Why don't, why don't we go ahead and go to break, and then, we come, ah! we come, and then we, when we come back, we can talk about – should we talk about uh, New Year's Dash a little bit? I think we have one more major story we need to touch on before we do that. All right. I mean, New Year's Dash wasn't anything overly spectacular anyway. That's true. We, we, I just thought we would talk about the stuff that looks like they're setting up for uh, um, the New Beginning shows. But anyway, we'll come back, and then I'll let Jeff lead us back in since he's got a, a topic to talk about. I'm not leading anything. You lead us back in. You're the boss. All right. Okay, and welcome back to Kingdom of Honor, otherwise known as the Dog Bark Show. Um, and we have a, apparently a topic to talk about, so I'll let Jeff say what that topic is. Well, I'm just going to tell you one thing, and then I'm going to let you run with it, because you're the, the bookworm guy that has all the knowledge. I... Kushida. We have yet to talk about Kushida and That's his decision to leave NJPW. That's true, we have not. And... Um, you know, you and I talked about have talked about this, you know, several times over the last um, 
few months. months. Like, I, I can't I can't remember if we actually brought up the rumors of him of him moving to going to NXT or not, but those have, those rumors have been out there for since what the middle of November or something. something and like and uh, I think I think what we mostly talked about is that he wants to be a heavyweight. And he just doesn't have the size to do that. So NJP, NJPW was never going to, to move him up there. And there is really nothing left for him to do, like he said today, in that junior division. You know, he, he's basically accomplished everything he can possibly accomplish in NJPW. He's, you know, he's an eight-time junior heavyweight champion. Um, he's one of two guys in that division right now, <laughs> along with Taiji Ishimori. Um, you know, so I mean, it's it's a it's a bit, a bit of a blow to New Japan, I think, for him to leave. On the on the other hand, what more could they really have done with him? And you know, you can't really blame him for for moving on. So the question is, is he actually going to NXT, or is he going to be, um, is he going to be signing with All Elite Wrestling also, or is he going somewhere else? Because he he basically said he wants to expand his career in the in the United States instead of in Japan. He didn't he didn't necessarily say he's going to WWE. Well, regardless of where he goes, the one thing I want out of Kushida is for him to follow a different movie trilogy. Let's get rid of the Back to the Future trilogy, and let's maybe go Indiana Jones. Why Indiana Jones? I don't know. It's just another trilogy I thought of. Kind of jumped in my head. We could have him do the Despicable Me trilogy. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that him having those little, uh, what are they called, morons or idiots or whatever those things are called, dimwits. What are those things called? Minions. Minions. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was thinking of other name, other words for you besides minions. Sorry about that. Um, with those, you know, those the, him walking around with one of those could not be any more creepy than a little kid with his giant fucking head on it. On, Still on one it. of the best entrances of that entire pay per view. That that was a phenomenal entrance. His uh, the return of talk, Doc Brown, the mini Kushida, it's just great. The only other entrance I well, can still, say that, it's it's still one of the creepiest images in the history of life. Yeah, I, I will say that that was a massive head on that little kid. But the uh, still evil still has the best entrance of Wrestle Kingdom. Might be the best entrance since old school Undertaker. But that was a good entrance. But regardless, Kushida, um, I don't know if this is a bright move for him or not. He, I think it was the only move for him, if he, unless he just wants to sit there doing the same thing over and over and over again. So be a superstar of the junior heavyweights or go flounder somewhere else trying to make a name. Do you really think he's going he's gonna to turn – if he were to go to NXT right now and try to be a heavyweight – he would be Kenta all over again. Right, but there's also the thing that but you, you don't know what's going to happen. And that, I think that's the no. point, is, is that he can, he's going to roll the dice, see what he can do elsewhere. He's always going to have a home in, in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So whether he, whether he succeeds or fails in NXT or Ring of Honor or wherever the hell he goes, he's still going to have a home back in TNA – I'm sorry, in, in New Japan if he fails somewhere else. So why not give it a shot someplace? Speaking of New Japan stars and TNA, and I, I've thought about this now four times and then forgot about it, so I'm just going to throw it in here now and we can talk about it in a bit. Um, the latest Ring of Honor announced that uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is making his uh, Ring of Honor television debut. 
So right. I wonder I wonder if he might be one of the New Japan stars that's coming over to fill the void left by the elite. Oh, he is. He, he that they've announced that before, but my my thing with it though was what does <clears throat> What does NJPW really have to gain? Because there's really nobody in Ring of Honor that they want to use, other than maybe Marty and Jeff Cobb. You know, I mean, they've, well, they've used the Briscoes in the past. They've used Jay Lethal in the past. But it's been quite a while that, since they've used either one of those guys. And never, I mean, uh, never used, really on an, on an extended basis. They've used SCU in the past, too. And it sounds like on, SCU... On, on, well, not, not anything more than the... More than the uh, um, Honor Rising shows. I don't think I don't remember them actually being in an on an actual NJPW show, unless I'm missing something. Weren't they on the um, the G1 special out of San Francisco? Well, right, but I mean in Japan. You know, I, oh, I don't remember yeah. them being in like even like on one of the G1 final shows or you know World Tag League or anything like that. And my dog will not come in and is working her head off outside, so I'll be right back. <laughs> You're going to leave me stranded here to talk about things that you love, like Chucky Taylor and or Chucky T. And, um, you know, he was making a good point uh, there for a second about uh, about people like SCU. But just I think personally that Scorpio Sky would make a great addition to the junior heavyweight division. Um, And I'm not sure how much of that you heard. None. Okay, I was saying Scorpio Sky. I think he would make a great addition to the junior heavyweight division in New Japan. Yeah, I, I could see that, but but he's part of all elite wrestling now, so they would have to get that working relationship going on. Which I think they're going to. Uh, eventually, I think they're just going to. Uh, I. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 th- th- I think it's just going to be after super the G One Supercard. Probably. I think they just don't want to rock the boat for that particular show. But the reality is, is I can see Ring of Honor having a working relationship with both of them. It's, I just I think that there's, the future is on all these promotions working together. You know, and, I mean, even well, Billy... Like I agree, but whether those organizations agree or is, is another story. Yeah, true. So, um... Yeah, but Kushida leaving is a huge void. Where he goes is probably going to determine his future. I hope to God he doesn't go to NXT and end up like Kenta did. Because Kenta, that was a huge waste of talent there. It was. I, you know, I, I do think that um, Kushida has more of his career left than Kenta had at that time. Well, the fact that Kenta... I think, I think Kenta kind of blew himself out on, on huge matches and and sacrificing his body and stuff, whereas I'm not sure that Kushida has done that same thing. Well, regardless, but Kenta just literally went away after his last semi-run at the title in, in um, NXT. Isn't he on um, 205 Live? I don't know. I guess I haven't seen that. I haven't watched that show. I, have, I actually have never, ever seen an episode of 205 Live, but I, but I thought I he was part of that roster. No, last I heard, he was challenging for the heavyweight title against, I think it was Bobby Roode at the time. What, the NXT title? Yeah. Hmm, I don't remember that at all. He came back from his, like, year-and-a-half injury. Oh. And then challenged Bobby Roode for, like, half a second. 
Yeah, I've not been, I've not been impressed at, at all with um, with Kenta since he became Hideo Itami. So. Yeah, good point. Yeah, and he he it just I, that's what I hope does not happen with um, Kushida. I just think that would do a disservice to him. Right, but I mean, I, like I said, I think I think it makes sense for him to roll the dice and take and take his shot. Um, you know, I, I was I was thinking, you know, talking about <clears throat> about that collaboration stuff. I, I wonder if if they can't get a working relationship going with um, NJPW, if they will look outside there, like maybe to DDT or um, Dragon Gate or Rev Pro or Defiant, you know, trying trying to get a, establish a working relationship with them until they get NJPW and Ring of Honor on board. Well, NJPW already has a working relationship with uh, New Japan. Of course, NJPW has a working relationship with New Japan. They're oh, the same I mean, fucking company. I meant Rev Pro. <laughs> Rev Pro has sorry, child screaming in the background. Uh, Rev Pro has a working relationship with New Japan already. No, I know they do, but I'm saying that maybe all elite wrestling will come up with that with with that kind of a with something you know along those lines with another international promotion besides NJPW if they can't get anything going right off the bat with NJPW like you know progress well not probably not progress since they're affiliated with WWE but um, you know there's Defiant out there there's WXW in um, in um, Australia I think um, there's um, you know there's DDT or Dragon Gate in New J- in Japan so I mean I think there's other places out there that they could that they could for, um, bring an outside talent for yeah. is all I was trying to say. It, with the roster that they're signing, though, are they going to need outside talent? Well, I mean, right now they've got, what, 10 guys under contract? So I guess it depends who else they actually sign. Well, I, I get, and, I, and I'm assuming, when I say 10 guys, I'm assuming the Lucha Brothers are going to sign with them because I think they'd be fools to turn down triple the money from Impact. Lost them again. Are you... What? Are you there? Can you hear, I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Jeff, can you hear me? All right. Sorry, I lost my internet connection there for half a second. What was happening? Oh, okay. So you, so you, so that's what happened. Okay. I was confused. Yeah. So no, what I was saying is that um, I don't remember what I was saying. <laughs> Probably for the best. <laughs> um, you know, they, no, I know what I, I remember now. You know, when I say there's ten guys that they have signed, I mean, I'm assuming the Lucha Brothers are going to sign with them because I can't imagine them turning down triple the money that Impact offered them. You know, so, um, but I mean, still, you really can't have a promotion with ten guys. So it just depends. I, I wonder if something they can bring in. I wonder if something like uh, that with the triple the money offer would. Um, kind of sully a situation between Impact and All Elite. Making it so that they would not work together. Yeah, that that that's certainly a possibility. I I have no idea. I get, I like I, like I said, I think it depends on how much how much mutually beneficial it's going to be for the two promotions. You know, if it's not if it's, if if Impact thinks they're getting you know the short stick they probably won't want to work with them. If they think that, that it's equal or that they're getting the better of the deal, they probably will want to work with them. And, and I think that it's, and I think that the, um, the willingness of Tony Khan and yeah, well, let's say Tony Khan just for now of, of being willing to shell out that kind of money to start with, you know, proves that he's willing to, is willing to be a loss leader 
um, to shoot, you know, to show loss leaders out and and play a long game, knowing that he's going to be losing money the first year or two at least. He, own, he owns the Jaguars. He knows what losing money is about. <laughs> That's a very fair point. I mean, <laughs> it's not like he's he, he knows how to make money out of nothing. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. So, again, I hope this works out. I really do, especially for those four guys, because those four guys have become some of my favorites. Yeah, and and, and, I, and you know, I, I think we were, I think we were talking. You know, we, we were, you know, we barely briefly touched on this, but but you and I had kind of were thinking that you know if they were going to have the next show or their first show as All Elite Wrestling in the Midwest, we might be able to go to it. And now I'm hearing rumors that it's going to be in in Vegas. And my wife is basically. Um, she's being very supportive about it, and she's basically um, because we've had, we've had a, she has a personal thing going on health wise where we're not going to be able to take the vacation together that we were planning on, but she still wants me to be able to go to either Double or Nothing or that show in Dallas for NJPW because she knows how much I wanted to go to an NJPW show too. So that might end up coming together for me where I'll be able to go to one of those two shows, and I and I you know I'd be thrilled with either one of them. You know, either go to either go to Double or Nothing in in Vegas or wherever that's at, or go to see the very first night of the G1 Climax this year in Dallas. You know, the way they were promoting Double or Nothing, it was actually making me feel like this was a um, the title for one of their weekly shows, not necessarily their next pay per view. No, I think their weekly show is going to be called Tuesday Night Dynamite. It is. That was one of the trademarks that they signed for. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, I think Double or Nothing is going to be their next their next huge event, and probably the one that kicks off their their show. Speaking of which, I, had, I you know I saw some people that were um, questioning the ability, you know, because basically it's come out that um, Cody's going to be in charge of producing and the television aspect, and the and Nick and Matt Massey are going to be in charge of the booking aspect of it and people are questioning you know whether the young bucks would be able to to book successfully and you know we've seen them do booking on on um being the lead very well and and yeah i do realize it's different booking a weekly television program into big events than just booking big events but if you can book strong angles in 10 to 15 minutes of youtube programming, I think you can do a better job with hour-long programming on a week-to-week basis. So I have no qualms whatsoever about with them being able to book a successful wrestling promotion. They did a better job booking certain angles for Ring of Honor and NJPW. Did we lose you again, Jeff? That's- Are you there? Well, I think we might have lost Jeff again, so hopefully you can get reconnected here with his internet soon. Um, I think you. I think what he was going to say is, is we saw them do better jobs booking on being the elite for New Japan and Ring of Honor and All In, than and also on the Jericho Cruise than what we saw on actual television from those other from those other companies. I mean. New Japan, you know, they, they do a lot of their stuff kind of on the fly, too, where, you know, you don't know from um, show to show what the next matches are going to be or even really have an inkling of what they're going to be. Are you back with us now, Jeff? 
Yeah, and that's exactly what I was saying when my stupid internet cut out again, uh, is that they've done a better job selling uh, angles for NJPW and Ring of Honor than Ring of Honor and NJPW have done. Plus on the the Jero Cruz. Yeah, the Jero Cruz and, and... all in and other, you know, other things they've been a part of. Um, so it's not that the Masseys don't know how to sell angles, you know, and even, I mean, you had uh, Matt admitting in the, uh, in one of the later episodes that, you know, they're in charge of writing all the angles and stuff too. Mm-hmm. So they know what they're doing as far as writing angles go and they, and they do a great job of it. You know, they've got a little bit of the Attitude Era mixed with a little bit of what today's public wants, and it, it's a perfect meld of the two, and it makes makes for great TV. Absolutely. That's, that's exactly the way I feel, too. I think they do a great job, and I think they're going to do a great job going forward, whether it lasts for five months or, you know, a year or five years, you know. But I think it's a very exciting time to be a fan. I mean, I remember when... Um, you know, WCW folded and we heard that total nonstop action or I'm sorry, NWA TNA was starting. And then we heard ring of honor was starting how excited I was, but now this is really kind of like, it feels like we're on the ground floor and we're right there along with them, you know, um, that we're seeing everything kind of happen in real time with this YouTube show being the elite and with, um, with Twitter now and Facebook with all the social media stuff out there, it's it's more even more exciting, I think, for a wrestling fan to be able to follow their favorites creating a promotion than it than it was just hearing the announcements in the past or the rumors like on you know Lords of Pain or other other sites that these things were going to happen. Um, and and also that you know when when we did see those announcements in the past, it was like like when NW or when uh, TNA was starting they were they had guys like AJ Styles who we'd seen briefly on Nitro and they had um Ken Shamrock and they had Malice who used to be the wall on Nitro but um and uh our truth um who at the time was you know was transitioning to Ron the Truth Killings from whatever the hell his his name was when he was teaming with the Road Dog um K Quick K Quick that's what it was yeah. um but i mean there there really wasn't any, many big name Stars. It was mostly the the up and comers. Jerry Lynn was another one that was that was you know there, and I guess and I guess Raven joins shortly after. But well, but they I mean, had they had Hall and Nash too, and they had X Pac, and you know they had some very big, beginning. I don't think. Oh yeah, very first episode. Huh. Scott Hall was Scott Hall was part of that Royal Rumble in the very first episode. Oh okay. But uh, but I mean you know for the most part we you know it was guys you know that were up and coming like um, James Storm and Chris Harris and um, Kid Cash and AJ, AJ Styles, Styles. And, and Low Key um, Chris Sabin um, Frankie Kazarian you know that that were that were building it up but but you know we we would have we could have seen uh, and now it's kind of the same situation but now we're able to see these guys on YouTube you know when they're coming up and you know I, and I'm sure that. You know, when, when Marty's contract is up, when Flip's contract is up, they're going to be part of this company as well. It's just, you know, we're, we're kind of seeing it from the ground floor up, and, and it's really exciting to see that. And, and I'm thrilled to be a professional wrestling fan right now, almost as well, thrilled as I was, you know, after, be, after going to All In. Well, and if, I mean, if you think about the way wrestling has progressed, when you and I were kids, it was Mean Gene Okerlund's hotline that we had to call to get a dirt on wrestling. Yep. 
know, and then it was the um, two ninety nine sh- a minute. Get your parents' yep. permission, kids. Yep, and then it was. I did, the, I did not got in serious trouble for that. <laughs> and then it was the ordering tapes. You used to order VHS tapes and get the dirt sheets mailed to your house. And then it was, you know, the breaking of the internet. You'd get the breakdowns of, you know, at the time Nitro and and Raw, on, you know, you'd find your favorite website and they'd give you the breakdowns of whatever happened on the show. But there, and then a little bit of theories here and there. And like you said, now with social media blowing up the way it is, it's constant. There's constant with Champa and his Twitter wars with people. Um, Kevin Owens and his Twitter wars with people. You know, you just get things now that is immediate and it can build storylines in a heartbeat and it just makes for such a better product. And it's making people like, you know, we had no clue. 20 years ago, we wouldn't have had any clue who Joey Janela was. Right. Now, when you when you heard he was announced for AEW, the first thing I said is go to YouTube, check out Joey Janela. You're going to fall in love with this guy. Right, and now and now I'm hoping that AEW signs him. Yeah, yeah. you know it, it's just we're in such a fun time with everything. Where even to the point where if you look back, what was it September when you and I started the show, or was it August? Had to have been August. It was the, it was the last it was the last Monday in August. Yeah, because that was the first time we talked about All In, and then I ended up, you know, get it, getting Ring of Honor so I could watch All In and you were going to the show. But if you look at where we were even back then, you and I were talking about, yeah, let's do this show. We'll, we'll, we'll cover New Japan. We'll cover Ring of Honor. You know, hey, maybe we'll cover NXT too because that's kind of fun. And now we're, now we're sitting here talking about uh, – NXT, NXT UK, Ring of Honor, New Japan, Defiant, uh, Progress, Combat Zone Wrestling, MLW. It just, the list goes on and on mm-hmm. about different promotions that we're covering. And the, the thing is, these promotions are not just ticky-tack promotions anymore. They are creating stars in these promotions. And there's people to actually legitimately enjoy in these promotions. Right. You know, so uh, just to kind of come off of what you were saying, this is probably the most exciting time in wrestling I've ever been involved in. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. You know, I I think that, you know, we're in an incredible time to be a wrestling fan, and I'm very excited to be be in this ride with with All Elite Wrestling, no no matter how long it lasts um, or who they were able to sign you. I I really believe in Cody. I, I, you know, I, I was overjoyed when, when he came out that weekend, I shouldn't say came out, but when he, when he left WWE that weekend and he came up and he came up with with his list of, of wrestlers he wanted to face and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I was so thrilled for him for taking a chance on himself after feeling like WWE had let him down so many times. Oh God, and they did, and and, and, uh, and for him to and, and for him to see the success he's had now to the point where he's you know following in his dad's footsteps, where he's going to be booking his own promotion, um, it's just amazing. Yeah, and I mean he's not just booking his own promotion; he's owning his own promotion. You know, where Dusty booked, um, you know, NWA there, Crockett Productions there for a little while. This is a whole different experience for Cody. Right. You know, and I mean, I don't know. It's 
and again, like you said, major props to Cody. This is an amazing thing he's doing. It's an amazing thing that him and the Bucks are doing. And you know, where is Paige in all this? Is he just a talent? Is he part of the executive panel? What's what's going? What's his deal? He is going to be the the lead um, agent for road agent for them. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's a good spot for him too, because yeah. he's very he's very talented. He can, he's very good at telling the story in the ring. Right. So you know he'll be good at that. It. it I hope that you know this doesn't. Keep I, th- I think them. they're going to be using Daniels and Kazarian in that same role as well. And two other guys that are phenomenal at that. Two of the best in the industry at telling stories in the ring. Right. You know, so it's, I don't know, this is, it's just, it's weird. Like, I mean, you were saying we're on the cusp of, you know, something great with AEW starting up and so on. I I can't even say that it's just AEW. It's every one of these promotions that you and I have started following and that, you know, people like Ryan and, and um, other people have told us about that are just, it, this is such a great time. Like you can turn on any streaming service, any channel, any anywhere, and watch a wrestling promotion, and go, "Holy shit, they've got some greatness there." Well, I mean, back in the day, it was like that with w, you had WWF and you had uh, AWA with Vern Gagne and NWA with Jim Crockett. It, you could you you had three different promotions to watch, and then AWA kind of went away, and then NWA turned into WCW, and you know it was it was good for a little while, and then you know of course the whole Monday Night Wars, but then in 2001 it just sunk to the bottom, like there was nothing outside of WWF or WWE. Impact made a slight run, but they made such horrible business decisions with Dixie Carter and, and Eric Bischoff and all those guys that it, it just it made it almost unwatchable in the, in the mid to late 2000s. And then, you know, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we start seeing these people like New Japan, Ring of Honor, um, and, you know, other, you know, those kind of got our whistles wet. And then you started seeing impact make a resurgence and you started seeing other things happening that I, I it's, it's at that point now where I, I don't know that I can be a fan of just one promotion anymore. I have to be a fan of all of them because you might miss something great by not watching combat zone wrestling. I don't think I've ever actually seen an episode of Combat Zone Wrestling. But I I get your point. I I, I totally do. It's just um, you almost feel guilty not watching the great stuff that's out there because there is so much. Like um, when when Doc, um, Chad Matthews, who, you know, I've showed you his books that he's he's written, Jeff, and he he was a, um, a staple of this station for five years with, with the Doc Says podcast, you know, when he, when he was leaving, he was saying um, how much he wasn't enjoying wrestling now. And I said that wrestling's in a great state. WWE is the problem. Um, you know, if, if you just look out at, and, and, and I was enjoying getting caught up in NJPW and he's, and he's really, he actually compared um, Hiroshi Tanihashi to, to Ricky Steamboat yesterday. But, um, but I mean, it's, the, the thing is that if you don't like, what you're seeing in pro wrestling right now, it's, the problem is probably you, not pro wrestling. The problem is you not taking a step outside of your box that you built for yourself and trying to find something else to watch. I don't want to be an asshole to people. I don't want to tell them what to do. 
But it's easy to complain about WWE and to keep on turning it on every single week like a moron. <laughs> but, but you know, where where you know you can spend that ten dollars you're, you're you're spending on WWE Network and buy um, buy the the ROH product. If you don't like that, try NJPW. If you don't like that, try Global Wrestling Network with with Impact. Um, if you don't like that, then go to YouTube and watch the other stuff that's on there. There's um, or you know pay your ten bucks on Rev Pro like you just bought for us yesterday. You know, I mean, I mean, there's there's plenty of promotions out there, and if if you're a professional wrestling fan, not an entertainment fan, not a WWE fan, but a professional wrestling fan, and you can't find something in the world professional wrestling to watch, I and and to enjoy, I really feel like that's on you, not on the world of pro wrestling. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there, there's so many different streaming services, and if you don't like those. You know the ones. How many are you and I subscribe to at this point? You know, and and that's not even the tip of them. There's still so many more. There's progress out there that we're not a part of. There's revolution, or not revolution. Um, I can't think of the name of them. Uh, the one that the buck. No, the one that the bucks were were um, touting there for a while. Pro wrestling gorilla. No. Well, I'm not sure then. I, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but there's, I mean, there's so many other streaming services that are out there that we're not even subscribed to. I mean, we're subscribed to four or five of the biggest ones. And oh, oh, high spots. Yeah, high spots. Um, you know, so there's there's more out there that that we're not even subscribed to, and we're subscribed to the biggest ones, the five, what five biggest ones out there, and we're having a hard time. Still, to this point, we're still missing out on greatness. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and thank God for YouTube because we can actually go out and, and sometimes catch some of these matches that we miss. But it's, it's just such a great time to be a wrestling fan. It really, truly is. I, it, you've got, no matter what your flavor is, there's a promotion out there that will give it to you. And not just one promotion. There's many promotions out there that will give it to you. Yeah, and, and, and you know, even if you don't want to... Put, put out any money for one of these streaming services, the Fight TV app is free. I mean, if you want to buy a pay-per-view on there, that's going to cost you some money, but the, but the app itself is free. And, and major promotions like Ring of Honor, MLW, CZW have their content out there on that. And like, I, and like I just mentioned earlier in the show, you'll be able to watch Impact now on Twitch. If, you, if you're a cord cutter and you don't have cable or you don't have the fucking pursuit network which i i know i don't um but you know if, if you don't ha- have access to that i mean that's four promotions right there that are major independent promotions that you can watch just by popping on um the fight the fight tv app and that's and, you know the, and the fight app is available on roku it's available on your on your android or your ios device it's available just watching it on their website on your computer you so there's really no excuse there's really no excuse for, for you to to not see good pro wrestling if you want to watch it even if you're an amazon fan uh, amazon like i cuz i do everything through amazon prime and i get fight network on amazon prime okay i wasn't or, sure it was on amazon prime so. yeah oh yeah it is um you know so that it's there's a lot of and you know you you mentioned the four big names that are on there. There's a lot more that are on that app. It's not just them. I mean, you can get uh, the Hollywood Championship Wrestling. You can get uh, Arizona Championship Wrestling. 
You can get uh, some of these other smaller promotions that are held in gymnasiums. Right, uh, so and, 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 you know, and the other thing is if you don't want to watch the Fight app and you, and you just want to watch WWE, if you can't find something to watch wrestling-wise on NXT or NXT UK, then, then I don't want to tell you because those promotions are awesome as well. So I mean, no matter what, you, what you're looking for in pro wrestling, you should be able to find it out there. We're just trying and, to bring you the alternative view of it. And just like the global wrestling, just like the global revolution guys tomorrow will try to do as well. Tomorrow, well, they're, tomorrow they're, going to be going, they're going to be talking about the, XW, the WXW 18th anniversary show. So I mean, that's another great promotion you, could, you can watch. You and I aren't just trying to talk about alternatives to WWE. We're talking anybody that has half a brain. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that because I've only got three qu- or a quarter of a brain. But um, there is such a major difference in styles between WWE wrestling and wrestling. And, and it's, it's the way they tell stories, the way they try to send fans home. Uh, you know, they, it's NJPW proved at Wrestle Kingdom that they are okay with telling a story ahead of sending the fans home happy. Just in the fact that Jay White won. Yeah, there's, you know, there's, not, there's not a single booking decision at Wrestle Kingdom that I can actually disagree with. Not a single one. The only one I, did, I could disagree with was the um, Never Open. I still think it would have been a better idea for um, Coda to win that, keep the belt, and build some prestige and let uh, Osprey chase it. Yes, yes. But, but, it, but can you actually strenuously make an argument against it that you, no. that you would completely believe? You know, no. I, I can't. So. No. Because you know, in a way, Osprey's been building up to this for almost six, seven months now. You know, this was supposed to be his crowning moment back when Goto won it from Azuka. It was supposed to be Osprey winning it from Azuka. So, you know, and then had Osprey won it from Azuka, Osprey would have, uh, he would have, or Tai Chi, Jesus. <laughs> That's the second time I've done that. Um, you know, if, if Osprey had won it from Tai Chi back at, at Power Struggle when he was supposed to and not Goto, you would have had a whole different landscape. And I think we would be on like the third or fourth, well, third defense of Osprey holding the title instead of having it kind of slapped on, on Coda to get him to Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, you're, that's probably true. You know, and, and I think the reason you confuse, you confuse the two is that you really wish that Iska had a stripper-type gimmick because you really enjoy watching his, um, his hairy body. Well, that and him biting people in the face. There you go. Tai Chi doesn't have a stripper gimmick, does he? Well, he kind of he does that strip in the middle of his matches before he does the super kick, doesn't he? He does a super kick? Yes. That could possibly be the worst super kick ever. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that they chose him to be the first challenger for Naito. But... I'm not, sure, I'm not sure that we really Wait. want to get into anything, anything else. We're, all, we're already like an hour and 40 minutes into this show. So anything else you want to, you want to, anything else we want to say about the worldwide world of pro wrestling before we um, sign off and let, them, let these poor people, um, ha, you know, let, let them get on the rest, with the rest of their weeks before they get our entertainment again? And, and before we, we probably give them a week of withdrawal, I should say. 
we should probably touch on the on the little bit of happenings that happened during uh, um, New Year's Dash. Because there were a couple we'll of things. Another, that, we'll, be, we'll be here for another hour then. No, we won't. Another 15 minutes tops. There wasn't much. <laughs> well, I, I did like the way they set up things. Um, and, and actually, the one match I can see on here that I really, really enjoyed um, was the six-man tag between Kushida, Cobb, and Nagata taking on Osprey, Goto, and Ishii. That was absolutely a blast to watch. And um, and Osprey giving the fist bump at the end, end to Kashina, knowing that he was probably done with the company. And setting up what I think are going to be two great matches, maybe at the New Beginning shows, maybe one of them for Honor Rising, but Goto taking on Jeff Cobb again, probably for Cobb's Intercontinental, uh, I mean, a television championship. And then Ishii taking on Nagata is just going to be an ass-kicking fest that I'm really going to enjoy. I, that's, that was one of the matches that I really um, enjoyed and, and Will you liked. stop peeing? What? Oh, stop. I'm doing dishes. Because <laughs> that's what I do. I multitask. Okay. Um, but, you know, having... Oh, now I lost my train of thought. You son of a bitch. Um, never mind. <laughs> I completely lost it. Well, there's another match you enjoyed besides the six-man tag is what you were trying to say. Oh, well, it wasn't just another match, I guess. There were two other uh, things that happened during New Year's Dash that really deserved kind of a calling out on, and I kind of touched on them a little bit with um, on Saturday because I had seen the results. I hadn't watched the matches, but I'd seen the results. Was the um, whole Chase Owens, uh, Yuji Taka, uh, Yujiro stuff. They are in Bullet Club. Um, you know, we had talked a little bit about how Bullet Club seemed to be playing face during um, Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, they were back to being heel Bullet Club during uh, New Year's Dash. Mm-hmm. And then Yoshihashi's return, and how was he going to fit into this whole chaos Bullet Club saga? You know, it it yeah. seemed. I, I I I did really enjoy the fact that Jay White kicked his ass, and then he and then after the match he said, "Welcome back, Yoshihashi." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was fun. And you know, I mean, he basically laid claim to be the next challenger to Tanahashi, which I thought was a good good idea. And with the momentum that Jay White has had, I could honestly see him being champ before the end of the year. He, I think he should be. I think he should. I think he should be, and I think he should roll into NJ to uh, Wrestle Kingdom next year as the champion. Honestly, um, I do think they've been setting up for Naito to defend against um, Okada next year at Wrestle Kingdom. But but at this point, I think that Jay White is is he's, he's heading to that pinnacle right now where he may not be able to to be denied being the champion. They probably should not try to outbook themselves and make that happen. You know, well, they, sometimes, sometimes with the, the way the, the way the booking goes and the way the momentum is, it's the story is t- is too good organically to, to to not stick to not stay with what you were um, planning. So I really think Jay White dominating the rest of this year as IWGP Heavyweight Champion, especially with Kenny Omega most most likely leaving the promotion. Um, they need to establish a new um, a new let's say, um, Gaijin Ace, and he is the one that's best positioned to do that. 
Well, they missed out on the opportunity to do it with uh, ZSJ. Not necessarily. I mean, they could still about face, and he could become one of the pillars here in the near future, but they had a chance to make him one of the pillars last year. And they kind of dropped the ball with him after he won the New Japan Cup. He faced off against Okada. He had that little feud with Okada there. Then he just kind of fell back into tag team ranks and was really not a part of any major storylines. And even his feud against Evil ended up going nowhere. Well, that's true. But, I mean, if they had, if they had pulled the trigger on him at, um, was it Dantaku? Then uh, or Secure Genesis, Secure Genesis, I think it was. No, I'm not, I'm if not they, saying if they had the pull trigger there, then we never would have had the Omega, you know, championship run. No, I'm I'm not saying that they should have pulled you know the trigger and had him declared champion, but he was in a prime spot to be a major player throughout the rest of the year, you know, to the point where he could have been challenging Chris Jericho, or he could have been cha- you know Jericho has been playing a heel, but. Um, that could have easily have turned to him being a face because he's been a he's you know one of the top three or four greatest of all time. You know he's been doing this for three decades. He could have easily made a face turn and gone against ZSJ for the Intercontinental Title at Wrestle Kingdom instead of Naito. Yeah, I mean when you when you look at Naito, he's almost passed an Intercontinental Title run. This is like Triple H winning the Intercontinental Title in two thousand one. It doesn't seem fitting for him. It, Naito seems like he should be a heavyweight champion, and if he's not, then nothing. Well, see, I think this is where the working relationship with, with RPW comes from comes in. Because I, I think the fact is that they probably wanted to do what you and I talked about before, which was for um, Knight to, for Jericho to drop that intercontinental title to Evil, for Evil to defend the title against Jericho, at uh, I mean, I'm sorry for for Jericho to, to face um, Naito at a grudge match at Wrestle Kingdom and for Evil to defend against CSJ, but they knew that our but RPW probably probably was talking to them and saying you know we really like to get that we'd really like, like Zack Sabre Jr. to win that the British Heavyweight Championship at Wrestle Kingdom and they so they so they may have backed off just just in, in honor of that collaboration with that company. I'm not I'm not 100 sure that's what happened, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happened. Speaking of which, um, you know, ZSJ and, uh, you know, of course, uh, we're going to probably run right up to the clock here. But um, the, one of the first things I did when I uh, logged on to the RPW um, app last night was watch a promo that ZSJ cut. Uh, it was like six or seven months ago, and it was one of the featured promos. And I just, I guess maybe because he's been stuck in NJPW, you forget how good he is on the mic. The promo he cut was one of the best I think I've ever seen. Hmm. I can't remember who it was against, but he touched on Suzuki. He touched on the fact that, um, you know, there's nobody in RPW that's up to the caliber of him and Suzuki. So they're not going to be there defending the titles and um, how he just made some guy look like a complete joke. You know, when you compare that to Pac's uh, defiant um, promo that he just cut, it's like night and day difference. You can tell that ZSJ is heads and shoulders above where Pac is on the mic. Well, he's uh, he's a bit of an asshole. <laughs> I love the I love his character because he's a bit of an arrogant asshole. 
Um, and and you know, speaking of speaking of him teaming with Suzuki, I think that's going to be the next challengers for. I should say the first challengers for Evil and Sonata, based on what happened at, at Dash. I think that we have got that tag team title match coming up probably in one of the new beginning shows as well. <coughs> you know, because we had we had that that ten man tag, and it it certainly set up um, Taichi taking on um, on. Uh, Naito for the for the Intercontinental Championship, but and Desperado and Kanemaru challenging the new champions for their for their former championships. But I but I'm fairly certain it also set up Evil versus Evil and Sonata um, taking on Sabre Jr. and Suzuki, which I, what I think is going to be just an amazing tag team match. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it would obviously. It's, it's uh, I just wish Suzuki and um, GSJ were touting the fact that they were. Rev Pro tag team champs, kind of like uh, you know the Bucks used to do, mm-hmm. walking around with three or four different tag belts, giving Pro Gorilla a little spotlight, Ring of Honor a little spotlight, the Super Kip champions a little spotlight. Oh, you want to hear some good news? Yeah, because you know how we didn't have enough wrestling to watch this coming weekend. Shut up. Fantastic Mania starts on Friday. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I just absolutely hate you. <laughs> no, I, I know we're gonna. I'm probably not gonna go to watch it, but I mean, I just wanted to let you know that it's coming up. Well, I'm a little disappointed that um, you know I went through all that effort to get an RPW yesterday, and they still don't have Live at the Cockpit 37 on. That was the whole reason I got it was so that I could watch that Pac ZSJ match. Did I not tell you that it probably wasn't going to be happening? I don't care. Okay. I want my wrestling on my TV when I want it, like right now. Yeah, it'll probably be, it'll probably be there tomorrow or the next day. Son of a bitch. Actually, which, they just... Which, was, it, was it ZSJ against Pac or was it Osprey against Pac? I know they've both been signed for this year. I just can't remember which one was yesterday and which one is in March. ZSJ versus Pac was yesterday. Um Okay. Osprey Pac is in a couple of weeks. There is a match um, that I'm really actually, I, I kind of want to watch as soon as I hang up here, but one tag team that has kind of turned my head a little bit in, in Defiant has been Aussie Open. And uh, they have a match uh, against Suzuki Goon on this RPW app that I really want to watch. Who is, oh, Aussie Open against Suzuki Goon? Yeah. Interesting. GSJ and um, Suzuki. I I really want to watch that match. So, and then of course, uh, <coughs> go ahead. There's some other ones: uh, Ishii versus Walter, and um, the Elite showing up in the UK. There's just there's a few that I really want to just go back and watch single matches of. Looking at these pay per views, I don't know enough about these um, about the talent there yet to really say that I want to watch any of these pay-per-views. But that'll come in time and going back and watching some wrestling. And, you know, here's a... Actually, this looks like a good match. Live at the Cockpit 35. Phantasmal versus David Starr. Interesting. That could be a good match. Here we got yeah. Pac versus Mike Bailey. Yeah, well, I told you before that I you know, there's I have some, you know, online friends, especially like Ms. Fan, whose show is tomorrow, that likes David Starr a lot. And I've really never seen much in him in the ring. So I'm, I'm hoping that I get to see, I see more from him and I can see, you know, where, 
um, Missy gets his um, fandom of him from. And see, this is what I love about, I mean, we've kind of gone on a tangent about loving pro wrestling right now, but this is kind of what I love about today's day and age. It's like we've got um, Andrew, who messages us on Facebook, Ryan, all the time on Twitter, and a couple of other people that have sent us matches that, you know, 20 years ago, we never would have been able to go and watch these matches. Right. We're talking with people that are heavy into the UK wrestling scene with Ryan, who is giving us matches from over the pond, as they like to say. Across uh, the pond, not over the pond. Well, whatever. You know, there's a pond. They're, 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 they're dancing they're in the, the clouds. Side. There's a pond. <laughs> they're on the other side of it. That's all I know. <laughs> wow. But, you know, he, he sends us matches all the time from, uh, and, you know, WWE UK and Progress and Rev Pro and things like that. And it, it's nice to be able to go back and watch these matches now and, you know, find out why somebody really loves this match or why somebody really loves this guy. And then we end up becoming fans of that guy or whatever. And then, fuck, there's too much wrestling, dude. Um, so I'm looking at the uh, NJPW 1972 site right now and on February 3rd in Hokkaido we have the two tag team title matches I was talking about and the Intercontinental Championship match I was talking about so all three of those matches are the final three matches in the new beginning in Hokkaido on February 3rd if you get a chance you need to watch Ring of Honor tonight the latest episode Matt Taven cuts a promo at the beginning of that that is one of the best I've seen in a year okay it's just, and, and you know, you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt. It is Matt Taven, mm-hmm. but he goes through the list of um, his competition, and it's just brilliant. It reminds me a lot of The Rock when he went down and broke down all of his uh, competitors for the Elimination Chamber, or whatever it was back in the '90s, where he just went through each one of his competitors and and was telling them why they didn't deserve a shot. Um, okay. And then you, that match itself, the main event match itself, wasn't anything spectacular. But, I mean, it was basically, it was a four-corner match between the last four competitors. And I'm not giving anything away here because it was the opening of the show. But the last four people that technically qualified for a, a title match, obviously Marty Skrull because he won Survival of the Fittest, um, Flip Gordon because he won the um, Jar Cruz thing. Right. Um, you know, Dalton Castle because he was technically the last champion who never got his one-on-one shot. And then I guess Chris Saban, and this must have been before I started watching again, um, brought Jay Lethal to a 60-minute time limit draw. Oh, wow. So he's part he, – no, 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 it wasn't a 60-minute time limit draw. He, 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 he went a 15-minute time limit draw against him in one of the um, Global War shows. 15 minutes that's not worth a title shot. It is. It's it's a proving ground match. If you win, if you win or if you win against a champion or you survive 15 minutes, you get the title shot. You know, and you just reminded me of something else. But the match that they had uh, between those four, they had a four-way match at the uh, for the main event and Chris Saban kind of dominated the majority of the match. But you and I were talking about Flip Gordon and how he doesn't seem like he's really getting it. That dude pulled off some moves that I've never seen before. He I didn't did a, say that. I, I said I said he was I said he was great at the beginning of the year and he's getting better. I think is what pretty much what I've said. I don't think he's not getting it. 
I just think he's getting too many opportunities for the championship. Oh, okay, that's what it was, yeah. But uh, he just he pulled off some moves that I've never seen before that were just phenomenal. And the same thing with um, the beginning of the match. There was a proving ground match between um, uh, Luchador Dragon, no Luchador Luchasaurus, mm-hmm. and and Jeff Cobb. And Luchasaurus pulled off some moves that just were phenomenal. That I I. I I watched him and I literally my mouth dropped open. I wasn't that impressed by some of the moves he did. Cool. So I, I think this Ring of Honor episode you're going to really like. I'm sure I will. I'll, I'll, I I will definitely turn it on as soon as we're done with the show. Well, I'm going to grab some I'm going to grab some supper and stuff. But we got about five minutes left. Anything else you want to you want to cover? No, nah, dude, I'm good. I. So so again, next week we'll we'll try to cover the uh, Ring of Honor show for. For next Sunday, we're when and the uh, and the NXT UK show, which is on Saturday, that we you know we none of us we, neither of us have we really have any idea about, but it's, it's kind of cool to go in to go in uh, cold on it. I know there's a I know it's Pete Dunne taking on Joe Coffey for the NXT UK Championship or the WWE UK Championship, whatever they're calling it, and I know that it is um, there's a women's title match with, with Tony Storm against somebody. And I know that it is, or I think it's, was it Rhea Stevens or something? Um, and then I, and then there's the finals of the NXT Tag Team Title cha- Tournament and, and a couple more matches on there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. And, and I kind of like going in cold to these events sometimes where just the, the VTRs, as NGPW calls them, or the Titan Tron videos, kind of tell you the story of, you know, of what's coming, going on in the match and rather than, Sitting through twenty weeks of a show before you know getting to the to the to the main pay per view. So I'm gonna I think I'm gonna enjoy that. But um, stay tuned to to the other LOP radio shows tomorrow. As I've said like four times today on the show, we have uh, the Global Revolution on Wednesday. Sports Entertainment is dead on Thursday. Imp and his um, Perfect Ten Wrestling podcast on Friday. We have the Right Side of the Pond. I don't think there's anything scheduled for this weekend, but then on Monday we'll, we, we will try to be back with you if you know technology allowing. And until until next time, that's all we've got. We'll try to do better next time. This is Shane saying long days, pleasant nights, and Jeff saying. See now, Shane thought that this was going to be the end. I did. So so he went off on his little tangent, but he completely forgot about our social media. I, I think I've forgotten about like the last three weeks from running. So yes, you have, you son of a bitch. That's why I've tried to. That's why I've tried to slip them in here and there. Uh, you can that's follow Shane. You can follow Shane at Zamnan uh, LOP on Twitter. You can follow me at Regi Co-op on Twitter. Um, hashtag King of Honor. I, I check that daily. So if you got questions, anything that you um, advice, whatever, let us know. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook. Just look up King of Honor. It's one of the first results. It is the first result you get. Um, leave us messages. As well as uh, should be. Exactly. <laughs> leave us messages, comments. Um, do what you can to be a part of the show because we do legitimately take everybody's uh, suggestions to heart and do what we can to follow up on them. So, um, you know, Shane did his long days, pleasant nights thing, and uh, I'm just going to say goodbye. I'll see you later. Well, that was bad. I'll see you later. Bye.